coming at you live from Serenity Glass and Cigars in downtown Millard, Nebraska. Woo! New place. Nice, hey, nice setup here. New place, same faces. That's all that matters, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, brother. Recording our 16th episode of season two. You know, football-wise, it just got done with uh, signing day. So we're going to talk about a little bit, you know, any recruits that stand out to us. Um, of course, transfers. We'll talk about what's happening in the portal, the positions of need, um, the guys that we're targeting. And by we, I mean Nebraska football, of course. Uh, we'll also talk about Nebraska volleyball. Woo! I mean, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. And um, I just want to say this. 59 days. 59 days until Nebraska baseball kicks off. A bolt ball, ooh, baby. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And maybe uh, we'll get our friend Danny Marcuso back on to help us preview that. Yeah, man. Uh, first game is February 18th. So definitely looking forward to that. A men's sport that plays good sports ball. <laughs> they're they're going to be tested straight away, too, with TCU and Sam Houston State, two, uh, mm-hmm. two solid programs. Yeah, man. I'm the college baseballer of the group, so, you know. Yeah, just you, Eric. Nobody else. We're all posers here. Signing day just happened. You guys, are there anyone, any any new recruits coming in that you think will make an instant, maybe not an instant impact, maybe right away, but anyone that you got your eye on? Do okay. we say DeColdest? Well, I mean, I think the obvious one would be DeColdest. Yeah. And his middle name isn't to ever do it. His middle name is Juan. So he's DeColdest one. And yeah. he will be at Nebraska. I feel like will be an instant impact type of guy. Not only with NIL, but with his skills on the field. He has that Louisiana speed. And for you Nebraska fans out there listening, if you want a little fun fact for you, the best receiver to play at Nebraska, the only 1,000-yard receiver we ever had, was named Stanley Morgan, and he was also from Louisiana. So, yeah, we've done pretty well when we bring those guys in. Uh, we also have Latrell Neville from Louisiana from our last recruiting class. So getting more of those guys in, Mickey recruited Latrell to LSU. He ended up coming here to Nebraska, so he's reunited with Mickey. I think Mickey's going to bring a fresh breath of air to that room and mm. make these guys actually compete, which is good. I think Omar Manning could reap the benefits of that. Sure. Another name that I like in the recruiting class Although a very small and, in my opinion, kind of a sad class, especially when you're finishing last in the Big Ten. Yes, yeah, sorry, 53rd nationally. And yes, like you said, last in the Big Ten. That's not good for uh, fifth year Scott Frost. But another name that I like, uh, late addition, Jaden Gold. Uh, he yeah. was a commit to USC before their coaching change happened. And I think overall... He has the build to be a good DB here at Nebraska, as long as he stays put and doesn't find the portal. Kyle, what do you think? Is there any guys that stand out to you? Yeah, there was one guy that, uh, like, at first was a little underwhelming, but then I, I took a look at some of like his highlights and stuff, and his it's the uh, the Isaiah. Can you say his name? You got it pulled up there. Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. That's it. Yes. Automatically, of course, I think it's like the Key and Peele skit, like Isaiah T. Billings Clyde. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway. Uh, Abraham Moises. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I really like that kid. I think he he resembles Samori Torre a lot. And that's something that we've kind of talked about off air is that obviously it worked out bringing Samori in. So um, this kid that resembles him, he, the dude's got wheels. So I'm kind of excited to see how that goes. Yeah, I th- I'll go with the transfer like like you did, Kyle. Tommy with an I. Tommy Hill. 
coming in from Arizona State. When he went to Arizona State, he was a, a four-star dude, you know, um, for whatever that's worth. So, you know, coming here, hopefully he'll make an instant impact in our secondary because, you know, there are dudes leaving on the defense. So to get an experienced guy in the secondary back there, I think will be very beneficial. So um, Tommy Hill, Tommy with an I, is my uh, guy to watch. Eric, do you have anyone? Same thing. What's up? Uh, just kind of what a mix what all three of you who said I like the coldest and not just because of his name. Let's yeah, get let's that just say it once. Uh, we'll just yeah, say let's it all once. just get it out. Ready? One, two, three. The, the coldest. coldest. To right. ever do it okay. now. One. Okay. He's a power five caliber player. He was committed to LSU for a long time. He had offers from pretty much anybody you name it. And Tommy Hill, you know, he's bona fide. He's a power five player. He played at Arizona State. He's fine. He's good. Yeah. And we recruited him hard to begin with, so the familiarity is already there. Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, I'm going to get into a little bit. Uh, I like it. It's if you are playing at a school like New Mexico State with no talent and you're the, the best player and everyone knows that you're the best player and you still have a 1,000 yards and however, like 80-some catches, you're doing something right. That's a bona fide you're a bona fide talent. You can probably play at the power five level. It seems like the transfers Nebraska is going after are lower level players who they aren't sure if they can actually play at this level. That's kind of a concern, but I don't have any doubts that Castaneda can. It's just the problem is it's that type of player that they continually go after instead of why not bring in one of the LSU transfers or a, or the multitude of transfers out of uh, every school in the country? Yeah, like, well, uh, Eric, like any Power Five school. Like, that's a great point because you heard all this time. It's not about our recruiting classes here. It's all about the portal. It's about the portal. Small class. You knew that going in, so fans don't be disappointed. We're gonna guys have guys land up in the portal ready to go, and you know you kind of look and it's you know slim pickings that we know of. So if we want to get into the latest names at the quarterback position, Keaton Slovis from USC and the latest rumblings, Casey Thompson from Texas, you know, what do you guys, are these good names? Do you have a preference one or the other? Mike, what do you think, man? I mean, if I had my choice out of the two of those names, I think those are the ones hot in the press today. You know, they change every day because the portal is always running hot. But um, if I had to choose between, you know, Keaton and Casey Thompson, I think Keaton's a no-brainer. The guy has elite NFL arm talent. If you look at some of his highlights, uh, he's used to running for his life. So if our O-line plays anything like it did this year, <laughs> he'll be used to that. And uh, he made a lot of plays uh, moving around in the pocket. So um, Keaton, I mean, but either one would, I think, be fine. You need a guy with experience. And when I say experience, I mean, power five experience. I know some fans are jumping about, uh, glance from Iowa Western and, and some of these, uh, other guys from lower level colleges. But, and I understand like there's a place for guys like that, but you know, you're Nebraska, you need to win. Now you need to get a guy that has experience playing against power five schools. So Keaton probably won for me. Casey Thompson, I'd be totally fine with either one though. Yeah, if I had to pick, I'd pick Slovis. He's the type of guy that you want that can throw the ball a ton, you know, and he did it for years. He's got the power five experience. He's Slovis is about as slam dunk as you can get in terms of portal QBs. Thompson is talented. 
I don't know if he's a guy I want throwing the ball as 30 times a game or so, but is so I, mean, I, I haven't had a whole lot of time to look at Thompson. So is he somebody that's kind of like Tommy Armstrong, just a lot of like raw talent or like, what are we talking about? Uh, he's pretty athletic, but he has arm talent, but he, a lot like our QBs has not had a lot of good coaching over his career and the good coaching he did have was when he was sitting behind Sam Ellinger for 12 years. So Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Casey Thompson, just to throw off some stats for you, so if you guys want to compare him to uh, Adrian Martinez or Logan Smothers or wherever you want to go with it. Uh, he threw 261 passes, completed 165 of those with a 63% completion percentage, 2,100 yards, 24 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. You also have to remember, he did not start all 12 games for Texas this year. So the guy, I mean, he slings the ball down. Pretty well. I mean, and you people, when you think of him, he's a very athletic guy, but he's not a run first quarterback because I kind of shocked me a little bit with his his rushing numbers because I I thought, okay, he probably runs like Adrian all the time. But in this year, he ran 55 times for 157 yards and four touchdowns. Hmm. So he is definitely not an Adrian. I think he can go get you at first down, but he's not a guy that is going to be doing regular quarterback runs and running the option and all that stuff. Right. His dad did play for Oklahoma. So right. uh, that's one thing. I know he chose Texas over Oklahoma out of the recruiting, you know, out of high school. And then it'd be pretty funny if he came to Nebraska, uh, <laughs> another rival of Oklahoma. So uh, that'll be fun to watch if anything happens from that. Well, yeah, you're, if you're a fan, you got to be thinking like, okay, what does Mark Whipple prefer? Like, you know who's the who's his prototypical quarterback? If you look at Slovis, he has a negative like 150 something rushing yards <laughs> <laughs> combined over his three years. So he's not going to be your runner. He's a, he's going to be that statue kind of guy. If you look at Casey Thompson, like you said, he is a little bit more athletic. And like comparing Kenny Pickett's rushing and Casey Thompson's uh, rushing, they're very similar. Like they're not rushing for 500 yards. They're they're in that 200 range, where you know that just tells me that you have a a pretty mobile guy back there who's willing to run if he needs to. Unlike Slovis, you know Slovis's first year in 2019, like he had a completion percentage over 70. percent I think he, it was 30 touchdowns and nine interceptions, which is really freaking good. But my only concern is. The more he played, the more he regressed. And that was like our big thing with Adrian was, you know, Adrian showed these flashes of greatness, but then, you know, fire Verduzco because there was just no clear, you know, sign of progression there. So it's like, is this, is it the same thing with Slovis? He had that pretty good first year and then he just kind of regressed. You know, you can throw uh, it's COVID. One of the years was COVID and all that. You could, sure. I, I wouldn't necessarily argue with you, but. I think that's just something that you want to look at is Slovis is a statue, whereas Casey Thompson's a little more mobile. So if, I mean, if you're asking me, he's probably going to be Casey Thompson. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds that a little bit wrong. more like, like what Scott Frost and Whipple would want together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Casey yeah, yeah. was actually recruited by Frost at Central Florida. So, oh, okay. okay. So there is some relationship there. That's good to know. I didn't and, even know that. So. Yeah. And, Eric mentioned there was a little bit of smoke from the Twitter sphere about Slovis going to Pitt, actually, which huh. is That'd a little ironic. Ironic as hell. Right? It was from Barstool account who I hate them, so I don't, 
I don't consider it incredible, but that's okay. up for everyone else's interpretation. Yeah, so. I mean, look, it, it might happen, it might not, but it's just in this day and age, you know, the Twitter sphere goes wild, you know, just got to mention it. So, yeah, I, I would say Thompson, you guys sound like Slovis. I'm I'm a Slovis guy. You're a Slovis guy. I, I Slovis think, guy. I think Slovis okay. could run this offense, this Whipple offense. I think he's more of the pro style quarterback. Okay. And the elite arm talent, I think, just jumps off the charts for me. Well, and I'm always going to preface this with, I have not watched one quarter of Casey Thompson or wh- or two quarters of Slovis. I'm going to be straight up with you. I don't know. I'm just looking off numbers. I'm on college football reference. Well, and That's I it. for someone who has watched Casey Thompson play, I haven't watched Keaton Slovis play, really. I think okay. maybe one quarter, <laughs> if okay. that. But Casey Thompson... For Texas, they started that true freshman. I don't know his name, nor do I care. But he, when they brought Casey Thompson in, it was almost like a spark plug. It was mm. a, the offense started to execute the way it was supposed to execute under Steve Sarkeesian. And okay. I think that freshman was just handed the job, uh, you know, being part of Sark's first class and everything. Sure. And I think Casey Thompson proved to be the better quarterback out of those guys. So. I don't know. I guess we will see how that goes. Let the dust settle a little bit, and we'll see who ends up being QB1 at Nebraska. For those of you listening who think it could still be Logan Smothers, uh, I would probably argue with you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, we're going off on Thompson and Slovis those because those are the two latest names. But, hey, tomorrow could change. Could be someone totally off the radar. Who knows? It could change while we're recording like it did last week. Freaking <laughs> Right. Um, <clears throat> Mike. Next, uh, let's let's get into women's volleyball. Yay! Woo! Yes! Yes! Like you, ha- you cannot you cannot be disappointed. You can be a little disappointed. Yes, but I don't think but, so. No, I no, I hear you, dude. Like now, with six they, freshmen on the roster, yeah, man. Like, they, this was not supposed to be the year that you know they go to the national championship game, but they did, and they put on a hell of a freaking show man yeah like yeah. for all those people that had youtube tv and couldn't watch freaking espn it's suckers like, it's like <laughs> oh my god they missed out on a freaking game man five sets i mean you couldn't ask for a better showing from this women's volleyball team so in what like eric said you know, all those freshmen on the roster it's supposed to be their rebuilding year yeah. quote unquote which, yeah. which which i mean for this volleyball team means like okay we only made it to the sweet 16 you right. know what i mean yeah true well i mean under john cook with the number one recruiting class two years in a row and then this year number two recruiting class yeah yeah i mean you, we still have pretty high expectations but maybe not national title bound right and coming in as a 10 seed in the tournament which i think was a little disrespectful to this team 100 um, following this team all year I mean, you play in the Big Ten, and there is the best teams are in the Big Ten in volleyball. The two teams in the title game were from what conference? The I Big think Ten. the Big Ten. Oh, okay. Just yeah. making yeah. sure. Yeah, and just double check. The problem <laughs> that we ran into, and I was when I was watching that Louisville Wisconsin game, I was just praying that Louisville could get it done right. because we matched up so much better. And when we played Wisconsin, it was just like we played them the other two times this year. Yep. They yep. have a yeah. six foot eight and a six foot nine girl on the team one's a senior one's a freshman so we have to deal with her for the next four years right and we just don't match up well lauren stiverns big block she's six five though you know like and she's considered really really you know a really big middle block you know we just don't match up well when you got a six foot eight girl that is just 
can stand there and just put it wherever she wants. You that know? and and we were we were pretty successful around those girls the like first three sets. Yes. you know, and then the last two sets, dude, was like we couldn't get the ball over them to save our life. Yeah, and the sad part is, is if you go look back at the second set, that was the deciding factor of the entire couldn't game. Just couldn't because we were away. up four or five points. <clears throat> Just all we had to do was just close out, and we had a couple service errors, and yeah. just things just didn't go their way, and it went to like twenty nine to thirty or something. I mean, it went super. It was super high scoring in that second set, but if we would have played a cleaner second set, I think we would have had enough momentum to finish that out. Yeah, yeah. It, it just sucks because especially the way they they rebounded, and, you know, coming back after losing two sets in a row, they come back, force a fifth set. And then they even start the fifth set out down like 7-0. Seven yeah. And yeah. just make it a comeback, make it competitive. It's just tough on the, the fifth set when it's only 15 points. You can't sacrifice that many points to start up the, yeah. the game. Yeah. And I mean, for as young of a team that they are, they've done a very good job, especially in the tournament, like closing out opponents, right? But then you get to the title game and you're playing a team in Wisconsin that is literally all just like super seniors. That whole team literally like came back for one more year, specifically for a, a tournament run. Yeah, and that that just kind of goes to show you that second set was like, okay, we just need this just to kind of set us in stone, right? And it was the young versus the old, and obviously the old. Yeah, old I mean, you. it has a little bit of a sense of damn. I mean, it was a little bit too good to be true. Like, you know, you win that first set and it's like, damn, let's go. And it was an easy set too. Like it was, it wasn't a match at that point. Yeah. And that's kind of where the, the whole principle of too easy to be true, you know, comes in. It's like, ah, uh, that second set, you get off to a, a good start and you're up by four or five and uh, something's got to give some right about now. Right. Like something's Wisconsin had our number the first couple times this year and, yeah. It's like they're going to come around. And like you said, with that experience and freaking the twin towers on the front, it's like, yeah, it, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. But so I'm, I'm hoping at least at, at some point we can, we can get a volleyball player on here just yeah. to help us, just to help us talk a little bit about it. Cause obviously right. we love watching it. I'm not, I'm no professional at, at talking about volleyball. I don't know a whole lot about it, but damn, it was a show, man. And we are going to be very good for the foreseeable future. And yeah. that's what I'm excited about. These freshmen. Well, and into into Austin, a, a very like volatile place to play, small arena. A team I was told twenty seven and one, and they took it to him. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you're a freshman that don't play like freshman, you're gonna be just fine going forward. And my hot take is that it's only hot just because it's so hard to do. This group is going to hang a banner. Oh yeah, yeah, I Easily. totally agree. Well, and you got to think too. Behind Nicklin Hames, we have the number one recruit from last year. Yeah, and she's a setter. Nicklin Hames has the opportunity to come back next year. She's more than likely going to do that. Uh, Kayla Caffey, more than likely, she's going to come back as well. So, I mean, we still could have a pretty, pretty good staff in here. And and how John Cook puts girls in certain situations, you know, more power to him. He's like Nick Saban with Alabama. Yeah, he has the number one recruit at every position. And he actually had to sit a three-time All-American in Lexi Sun this year <laughs> for a true freshman because she was just better. And Lexi Sun, you know. Shout out to her, man. Yeah, ultimate team player. Uh, I mean, sponsored by <laughs> sponsored Bor by Borsheim's, yeah. making all the money. Number one most profitable volleyball player. 
So, I mean, she was doing okay. But For, she was the first he, one out on the court after after, after that, that last, last point. Yeah. Yes. I mean, she dude, the whole season she'd been she's been a freaking Class stud act. on the sidelines, man. Yeah. Do you know how hard that must be being a three-time All-American sitting on the bench the whole year? Yeah. That has got to be torture. Yeah. But he just sat for a freshman no less. Yeah. It's like, she sat damn. back there with a smile on her face, cheered everybody on. I mean, it was it was it was great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, t- uh, tip your cap to Lexi son. I think next year Nicklin Hames might be the the one that has to do that. Because with that number one setter or number one player who's a setter sitting this year, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And Nicklin just signed a deal with First National Bank, I think today. So it's like so maybe, it is, so she is going to come back then. Uh, from what everything that that I've read, it, it's looking like okay. she will be returning for her extra year, okay. her second senior year or whatever. I, I mean, she's a technically a junior, but she's a senior, so her fifth year. So, Nicklin Hames might come back. I don't know who will be the setter next year. I don't know how that works. Another name to shout out is Lexi Rodriguez. She's the first freshman All-American mm-hmm. since we've had since Sarah Pavin. So, or Pavin, sorry. Sarah Pavin. So, Sarah Pavin, yeah. that is just insane. We recruited her as an eighth grader. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it, it's awesome. John Cook's got this thing rolling, and... Sticking with this theme, a thing that came out after uh, the loss is Tyler Hildebrand has taken his talents to his alma mater in Long Beach State, Mm -hmm. which we all thought maybe he'd be the coach in waiting. You know, he could probably have been a head coach anywhere he wanted coming into this year. Um, But when the alma mater calls, you know, sometimes you got to take that job. Yeah. And they, uh, Long Beach State, from what I've heard, is they're like a, they're very much a sleeping giant kind of program. Yep. Um, you know they're in a good location, and Hildebrand from from what I was watching, like he was just as involved with you know setting the team up and encouraging them and all that stuff. And I, I can't see how he's gonna not succeed at Long Beach State. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's so funny watching the assistants on on the sideline for Nebraska volleyball because you've got John Cook, who's like very like temperamental, and he's like you know he's like Tom Osborne, right? And then yep. you got the assistants like screaming and like running around and shit. It's just, man, I love everything about Nebraska volleyball. I really do. I think, I think that this year especially really raised everybody's eyebrows. Like, damn, look at how fun volleyball can be, right? Like the ratings were through the roof and all of a sudden it starts getting all this attention. Um, and I think it's great. And yeah. He's taken on that. He took on that more CEO kind of. Yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm sitting here, I'm watching the game. I'll let these other guys. You know, do their hooting and hollering, and but do their job. Uh, I'm gonna, I got this. I'm sensei. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and to add on to that, Cook has uh, the top recruit in 2022 and 23. You know, no big deal. It's yeah. yeah, Kubik's sister. Yeah. So Maddie yeah. Kubik, an absolute stud, and her sister will be here next year. Number one recruit out of Des Moines, Iowa, which mm-hmm. is always more fitting when they come from Iowa. Sticking on John Cook as well. I uh, read an article from Tom Chattel and Omaha World Herald that uh, John Cook did interview for the athletic director position. And No Block, No Rock had talked about that in one of our first episodes that we thought he could potentially be the next athletic director at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out, I mean, it could have happened. It did not happen. And he's fortunate for that. Uh, in the article, it said that his contract ends in 2024 but that he's had so much fun coaching this year that he would like to extend that contract and he's going to meet with Trev Alberts on that. So that's cool. pretty awesome. Fantastic. It's a, a, 
it's about the same time that all these all all these new girls are going to graduate, I believe. Right? Yep. I think yeah. I feel like this 2022 class could be like his last hurrah, maybe take them in their four years and 2026 he could be um, you know, walking off into the sunset. But I mean, if you're having fun doing it and you're leading girls to natties every year, <laughs> stay as long as you want. Right. right. Well, and you, we could sit here and make the old joke, played out joke. Well, maybe John Cook could coach in football and teach Scott how to blah, 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 blah. Like, I think it's almost disrespectful to be like that because John Cook is his own dude. Like, he's he's setting his own standard. Like, we are a volleyball school now. So, I don't know. I just feel like lumping his name together with other people's names is kind of disrespectful yeah the man's working on getting himself a statue in lincoln he's going to have a statue outside of the it's going to be called john cook pavilion like they're going to change the name like bob devaney's you know yeah something might come out about him and (laughs) (laughs) his conduct from back in the day and then they'll change the name to john Cook. hey you know what this is a a really good lead-in bob (laughs) bob devaney you know what he liked to do he liked to smoke cigars yes he did didn't he yeah he sure did that was yeah Far from his only vice, but yeah. yes, but yes, he did like to do that. <laughs> well, let's take a break and talk about our sponsors, and uh, we can jump right into new sponsor as of today. We don't know how the relationship and all this stuff is going to work out right now, but we are recording at Serenity Glass and Cigar. It's over in Millard on Millard Avenue next to Piccolo's Bar and Joe's Duck Inn. You guys know those bars. You know those bars. And if you don't, you need to know those bars. Ultimate dive bars. <laughs> Right. Now, we are recording here. Uh, they have a room available that you can rent out. Uh, you can have your fight nights here. You can have poker night here. Uh, small events, perfect space for it. And why not do it here with a cigar in your mouth? I mean, there's six TVs in this room. It is set up to entertain. Nice and cozy. Yeah. And you know what? You can come in here. You can bring in your own stuff. Bring in your own alcohol. So why not come in here, drink yourself a nice Cardinal Ale from Nebraska Brewing Company. Mm. Or, you know, Kyle's favorite, a Taco Vesa. Yep. Come in here, smoke a cigar, have have some Nebraska Brewing Company beer, and have yourself a good old time. If yeah. you ha- if you need anything, uh, you can contact them. Uh, you can come into the shop. Jake can take care of you. Absolutely. Kyle, like, what can you tell us about these cigars here? Because, look, you know, we're not the connoisseurs. You're the connoisseur. Like, you're not the craft beer guy, but you're the cigar guy. Okay, well, let's pump the brakes a little on the labeling of the connoisseur over here, all right? Because I can tell you one brand of cigars, and it's the only ones really that I smoke, and they're the acids. I'm sure those are very popular or whatever, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, But they've got a whole humidifier uh, and a a showcase in here on the showroom floor that's got all your cigars. I'm talking to, I was just talking to Jake the other day. He's got cigars in there that can only be found in like one other spot in Nebraska. Like he's done his research. He's got all the cigars that you'd like. If you're in Piccolo's, uh, you know, if, if you guys are tobacco product users, They've got the cigars, they've got uh, cigarettes, they've got all sorts of stuff over here. So if you're in the bars and, and you know, you need a little nicotine uh, booster, this is where you got to jump into. Exactly. And and I did talk to Jake and he he's going to have the most competitive prices in town too. So, I mean, you can go to other smoke shops, you can go to the gas stations, all that stuff, but his prices are going to be better than everybody else. So, you know, come on in, talk to Jake. And uh, like we said, Serenity over here on Millard Avenue. Okay. 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 No block, no rockers. Kyle's still puffing on his little cigar over there. 
But hey, let's get into the specialists, okay? This is going to be a big, huge point of emphasis. I feel like this is 2020 all over again where we said this. Remember when we did this last year and we're like, Scott Frost needs to hire a full-time special teams Uh, coordinator. And then he didn't. And then he didn't. And we're like, it's got to be a point of emphasis, though. Had, you know, we went Beamer Ball and we went mm-hmm. talked about how important it's going to be. Because and then you're like, oh, it's got to be good. And Seriously, then it was the worst our, again. <laughs> our very first episode. Yeah, I talked about freaking Beamer Ball. So that was our very first episode. And I brought out all those boring stats that everyone fell asleep to. But nevertheless, very important stats. So they're bringing in all of these new specialists. Okay. Timmy Bleak Road from Furman. Brian Buscini from Montana. That should sound familiar, right? Samore. Toure. He was the FCS punter of the year. And last one that I can think of is Charlie Weinrich. Weinrich from uh, Kansas. Spencer Pankratz from oh. Furman. Okay. Yeah, two guys from okay. Furman. Two guys from Furman. So I hope that Furman's special teams was good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're going to be Furman special teams. That's what we're going to be. Yeah. So, are we going to hire Furman special team coach? Uh, Mike, what about what about this special teams coach? What okay. do we got? What okay. are you hearing? So, we have brought in all the specialists. Scott Frost, is. it seems like, is trying to take special teams serious. Even the recruits that he's bringing in, he's brought in guys that are punt returners, kick returners. They have experience you know, taking those to the house. He's bringing in multiple specialists to compete at kicker and punting positions. Mm -hmm. So I think he's finally listening and your prayers might be answered guys. It sounds like Scott Frost is going to hire Bill Bush as the special teams coordinator here at Nebraska. Uh, He's kind of showing his hand on this. He Bill Bush has been out recruiting like a full-time assistant, which usually means, I mean, you can't really have your analysts out there recruiting. So usually means that he's probably going to be getting a pay raise and he's going to be a, an actual coach on this staff. So guys, what do you think about this? So we, we are going to have multiple brand new faces at all the specialist positions. Mm-hmm. I expect kick returns, punt returns, kicker and punter and long snapper. So we have, New faces at every specialist position. Mm-hmm. Scott Frost has finally decided that he has to hire a special teams coordinator, either if that was his choice or not. It's happening. What do you guys think this means moving forward for Scott Frost and for this 2022 Nebraska team? Well, I'm glad that, um, you know, a controversial statement that Scott made during at the end of the season was, you know, it's not really our coaching. It's the specialists just haven't executed and it's their, it's their fault for sucking basically. Um, But then you see that Iowa game, the punt, the punt block, right? Where apparently players didn't know who was punting. They didn't know which foot he was using. They didn't know what kind of coverage punt coverage uh protection they should be using right so it's like well that that's kind of coaching yeah yeah so you know on one hand i'm glad that he's bringing in all these specialists that he's getting fresh blood in there firm and blood in there i guess um <laughs> so at least he's doing that 
part getting new guys in. You know, the new coach, Bill Bush, if it's him, I'm not going to be mad about it. He's obviously shown that he's a he's a good recruiter, and I'm hoping that he will put the best guys on the field regardless of, uh, you know, he's one of our starters. We don't want to risk him getting hurt. Well, you know what? It's football. Special teams is important, as we saw. It can win you games. It can lose you games. So it's only right to have your best players on the field. Right. And every they, they get four years to play, okay? I mean with COVID it's five, whatever. But they get four years to play. Let them play. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And every every guest that we've had on the show, we've asked them the same question. Like, what do you think about the special team situation? They're like, Well, you know, when I played, we had the best guys on the football field the whole time. Like, you know, it, yeah, that's it matters. And Johnny Rogers, he said we had a special team. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> we had all of our starters. The best players were on special teams. And I'm tired of, I understand getting young guys on the field, getting experience, whatever. At this point, I mean, Alabama had their number one receiver as a gunner on special teams. And he was running down and tackling. Making plays. Yeah, making plays. So I don't want to see your fifth string receiver out there covering punts. Unless he is the best guy to do that. Or a fat linebacker. Yes. Why do we have slow... (laughs) Linebackers <laughs> covering on punts. Yes. It's just it's not good. Urban Meyer is one who? of the, the guy who just got fired from the Jaguars. <laughs> uh, is one of the best college coaches of all time. Sure, he puts starters out on special teams. Yeah, sure. Like these guys have to have some playing time. Okay, fine. But at the same time, it makes the unit look worse if you're if your gunners on special teams are R. Wyatt Weaver and Simon Odie. <laughs> well, no know, offense to those guys, but I think you see the point I'm trying to make. Well, yeah. guys like Urban Meyer and Nick Saban, they have the the common sense of being a football coach. Well, and I was going to say they they're fortunate in that even their worst players are still four stars. Yes. Like like at worst <laughs> low four star, right? So they can, they can put they can put backups and they can put freshmen in to gain experience because chances are Odds are the guys that they're going up against on the opposite team are not going to be as good as them. So, yeah, if you're Nebraska, who I guess recruiting has been okay, right? Yeah. But not on the same level as Alabama and Ohio State, of course. Nobody is. So you can't afford to put your two-star walk-on guy that's from, you know, Shadron out there and hope that he – will tackle a punt returner that runs at 4-4. It's not going to happen. You know? Except, so put the best guys on the field. Yeah. Except he understands the program. He's from here. He knows what it takes. Yeah. Well, J- Jared is doing a wank motion, and I agree. So now let's talk about Bill Bush a little bit and what that means for this coaching staff. Okay. So with having a dedicated special teams coordinator, that's going to eliminate a coach on either the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, the defense has been very good. Mm-hmm. I don't expect anybody from the defensive side of the ball to be leaving and being replaced. <laughs> so it's going to have to be somewhere on the offensive side of the ball. And where do you, well, I guess, let me ask you guys what position can we sacrifice hmm. for this special teams coordinator? 
Well, I actually am not convinced he's going to hire a full-time special teams coordinator. Like, I, I know it points to Bush. I know he's out recruiting, but until it's announced, he hasn't done it for four years. Why should we expect a special teams coach? Oh, and he even said uh, that, that it's only a possibility is all I'm saying. But to, uh, to answer your original question about where can we sacrifice, I don't know if we need two guys on linebackers. That's just all I'm going to say. I totally agree with that, but... I feel like that defensive unit has chemistry. They they are they act, they have culture over there. Well, yeah, and, and, and you're almost, not gonna sorry, sorry, sorry. rock the boat with that, right? You're not gonna change stuff up. Go on, Drew. Well, no, it almost feels like if you if you do do that, do 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 do, um, you're almost like punishing the defensive staff for actually doing what they had to do and doing their job. But it's you know you look at is Ron Brown going to be the running backs guy but he's an analyst he's on the older side of things he's been around okay is he gonna be a good recruiter how long is he gonna how long is he gonna be around for you know you hear about becton having to take on two responsibilities or something god you know that's a good question i don't even have time to really think about it but do you want your running back spot to be coached by an analyst no I think the only way you can do that is if you promise those guys in that room who have struggled, you promise those guys in that room or the head coach has to take it on, but you you promise those guys in the room that they are going to get the same amount of attention that a full-time running backs coach would give them. Well, here's the thing though, is that analysts can't coach. That's right. what we were just under investigation Legally, for. Legally, they cannot coach. You know what I mean? So you have to, you have to, if, if you're going to, if you're going to do anything, you have to at least have somebody carry the title of like running back coach with maybe something else. Yeah, it'll be it'll probably be Becton. If they go that route, it'll be he coaches tight ends and running backs. Yeah, but I'm kind of on the same train as Eric. If you look at our outside linebacker play, we are, we run a three four defense and we have no pass rushers. So our outside linebackers are not executing and doing their jobs. So yeah. that's where I would go with it. That's where I would much rather go is let Dawson move on to the NFL again or you know, ask him if he still wants to be here. If he does, sure, then we change up the offensive staff. I Obviously, the defense played well enough to for them to keep their jobs. Yeah. But if I had to point out a position that you could argue the outside linebackers haven't performed well for a long time and it didn't work with Dawson, it didn't work with Jawan DeWitt, like they haven't played well under Scott Frost and we haven't had a mm-hmm. true pass rusher. You had, um, I mean, we've had Caleb Tanner out there. He, he showed strides this year. Yeah. yeah. Caleb, you know, yeah. Caleb's looking all right. Caleb looks okay, but you got, uh, Feldarius Payne. He's coming back. He entered the portal. He's coming back. Mm-hmm. Maybe a guy, he showed glimpses that he could be a natural pass rusher, but there's just nobody has walked through that door and taken over that outside backer position. So I, I just don't know. I don't know where you go with it. I imagine it's going to be somebody on the offensive side of the ball, but but let me play devil's advocate a little bit. Okay, when Frost came in, it was all the talk was about how the defense was. They just needed to be good enough, right? They they don't need to play above their heads, but they have been doing just that. And so, like you can say that the outside linebackers haven't been doing their job. Offense hasn't been doing their job. You know, you're making changes on the offense. That's great. Do you need to? I, th- I just feel like the running back spot needs to have a dedicated coach to it as well. 
So I don't know. Like I get your point about outside linebackers not doing what they've had to do regarding pass rush, but I also think that that wasn't supposed to be like the emphasis of this team. This wasn't supposed to be a Scott Frost team. So it's like, you know, Mike Dawson, if he moves on, he's he's like he seems like an NFL guy anyway. So would I be would I be sad? No. But I also just feel like this offense needs to do what Frost was brought here to do. And so that's just how I think Ron Brown. Eh, that's that's my summation of Ron Brown. Eh. Yeah, I get it. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. You think we should wrap up? Yeah, I think we can wrap up. Okay. Yeah. Did we talk about the spring game already? They just announced oh, it tonight. Oh, yeah. April, April 9th. April 9th, right? Yep. yep. Okay. So April 9th, the spring game. It's coming up. It's creeping up. It's it's gonna be here before you know it. But yeah, we just wanna we wanna plug ourselves. Go buy some merch from nbnrpodcast.com. We got nice little t-shirts for you with our logo. We got some cool designs on there, like Kenny Bell laying out some folks. Hey, there's a tote bag on there too with there's Kenny Bell's thing. Bag? I caught a lot of shit from Mike because he's like, "Why did you create a tote bag?" I'm like, "I don't fucking know. It's just there." So somebody, someone <laughs> buy that tote bag to make <laughs> Kyle's life. So much better. Yeah. Because I was like, who the hell is going to buy a tote bag <laughs> with Kenny Bell on with it? With Kenny Bell hitting a Wisconsin player. <laughs> <laughs> Please, someone buy that. Um, you know, find us on Twitter at nvnrpodcast.com. Follow our account, please. We need you. We are on Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We are on there. Give us a five-star review if you can. We would really appreciate it. And um, I think that's good, right? Yeah. Okay. This is when your host, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers. And I'm Eric Morrow. And as always, GBR. <laughs>